This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There he is. Get in. Go on. Oh, should have scored. If anything said, if we do it in town, we leave, get the 34 train, watch the second half, leave early, do it in the park. Yeah. And, then still, and then you still get some ambient noise. Bunch of pissed up emos. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. We're on location. I'm joined by Chris Budd. Where are we, Chris? We're outside St. Phillips, sat in the sun. Where's St. Phillips for, to those who have never visited Birmingham? We're in the wonders of Colmore Row, the home of the suits. Cathedral Square. Cathedral Square, that sounds grander. But we were at a much more glamorous location earlier on where we were going to record this... Uh, quick uh, end of regular season uh, podcast Bescott Stadium yeah, we were why were we there it was England <laughs> under 17s today amongst 7,000 children with vuvuzelas yeah. watching England beat Italy <laughs> 2-1 we like to uh, research to such an extent that we watch under 17 games as well even, even a couple of good players yeah Forrester got one of them they're, they're that Arvin Apaya yeah, he was really good. All left foot. It's a bit like Snodgrass, but uh, the he's, opposite. He scored a good goal. He's all sort of left. Turned the game around. He's all left foot, not right foot. But yeah, he was. He was the difference in the end. So it's the first time I've ever done a podcast. We're in the middle of a park, lying on the grass, drinking uh, iced coffee, and uh, every time I look over my right shoulder, I see a bare ass. There's some. Uh, she's getting on a bit actually, but Stra- straddling her fellow with her thong hanging out. Stra- straddling her fellow with her thong hanging out, and it looks like. Her ass has seen 
better days, but I'm not body shaming here. This is a podcast, so you can't see anything. So I think technically I can get away with it. So for argument's sake, we're watching a supermodel. Yeah, well, mm. no, that's stretching the imagination a bit too far. The good news is, is I'm pressing record this time. <laughs> Having, we just recorded like, I don't know. Probably the best hours. An hour, and I, because uh, I'm not doing it into a computer, I'm doing it on an external device. Uh, I'm not really used to it, so I forgot to press record. Shit happens. Brescott, I've never experienced. You've never been there for the pre-season, the I'm, annual pre-season trip. No, no, I've never experienced such a restricted view in my life. Shocking. Literally, probably have, just want to add, I didn't get the tickets, by the way. You, Chris got them free, but I think they were free for a reason. They were, yeah. <laughs> you pro- what they didn't say was probably about, what, half a metre in front of you was a no, metal no, no, girder? It was, like, it was literally... Ten inches or you something. You could touch like, it. Yeah, you could touch... There was a big metal pillar in your face. It, it put restricted view to new levels. You, you, you can't, how can you get away with that? That's, that's unbelievable. So we watched the first... We moved seats, but then... We'd realised in that stand, wherever you sit, there's a bloody pillar somewhere. There's a pillar probably every 10 metres. So I couldn't see, when Italy went 1-0 up, I couldn't, I couldn't see who scored because I didn't actually see the ball leave his foot because there was a pillar in the front. But anyway, we managed to move behind the goal, got into the sun and... Uh, sucked the ball into the net twice? Sucked, sucked the ball into the net twice. So this is the day after the regular season in the championship finished. I think the biggest event was uh, the Blues managing to... Uh, con about 3,000 Fulham fans to visit St Andrews staggering thinking they were going to celebrate promotion potentially celebrate automatic promotion and in hindsight when if they if they were to to have known that Cardiff weren't even going to win their home game against Reading I think there would have been about 6,000 turn up uh, to celebrate promotion but uh, the Blues managed to pull that one off somewhat unsurprisingly I suppose as well yeah well you know I I think a full St Andrews the Blues generally give you a good game yeah, this, Traditionally. Uh, the Welsh newspaper, whatever that local paper is, or it's now Wales Live or whatever these Trinity Mirror sites are, did a, went round and asked various fans, they asked me, uh, oh, what, from a Villa point of view, what do you think of Cardiff? Do you, do you want them to get promoted or Fulham? And, you know, what do you think of them? Say, so, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Neil Warnock got the job the same time as Bruce and uh, obviously has done much better on less resources. Uh, in terms of who I prefer, I'd rather Fulham go up because Fulham might po- pose us more questions at Wembley, but Cardiff will do it because Fulham's game against the Blues will not be easy. I, I don't give a shit about their 23 game unbeaten run or whatever it was. Blues packed house, they still need something. Fulham aren't going to be able to just turn up and walk away there and that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's how it turned out. But anyway, Villa obviously played Millwall, I'm not even going to waste time. The highlight of that game was Mark Bunn's double save from the second penalty they had, because that was Keystone Cops, it was amazing. <laughs> well, I say Keystone Cops, because I, re- I was watching it and I recorded it for Instagram, but I recorded it in reverse. It made it look <laughs> even more spectacular. So, so it does look like Keystone Cops when you, when you watch the video actually in reverse. Bunn starting off on the floor and then kind of, you know, jumping up. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was a nothing game. So it was a complete nothing game. I mean, it was all about getting around that rule of uh, fielding a supposed full-strength team while resting as yeah. many players which I as think, you could. I think he did a pretty good job of, actually. Yeah. I mean, the only uh, strange one was if you wanted to rest as many outfield players as you could, then you would expect Sam Johnson to play because it's no big deal of you know playing him but I mean potentially he was left out because of what happened at Millwall and these kind of threats that Millwall were going to take revenge 
about when Millwall were at Villa Park and he kicked the ball out and it hit a nine-year-old in the away yeah. end in the face. I think as, as well, Bruce has managed to rest quite a few of them over the last few weeks. Was Johnson actually hasn't been taken out of the team really this side of Christmas? Well, yeah. he's played every he's played every league game, hasn't he? So, but he's had some quiet games yeah. recently. So Especially, he, uh, he hasn't had that. You know, much I think to at Ipswich he had very little to do. Yeah. Certainly, the home game against Reading, he had. I don't think I've ever seen him have so less to do. So potentially was just to be, you know, taken out of the line of fire, so to speak. Unfortunately, he missed out on being ever present, which James Chester remains the only person. And uh, obviously, the last time that happened was uh, J. Lloyd. J. Lloyd Samuel, was it 2003, 2004? Like that, yeah. But obviously, that was in the Premier League, that was 38 games. Yeah, and 46 Chester, game seasons, a good effort. Chester's is obviously. As a lot well, more Chester's impressive. obviously an international, so he's had international trips as well. You know, he's he went to China, a, yeah. Yeah, he's, play, he's played a lot of games and covered some ground. Dynamic. Would he, would he be your player of the season? Um, yeah, I'd have thought so. But that, does that sum up Villa's season? Uh, yeah, to be, fourth in the, to be fourth in the league and have a centre-back as your player of the season. Yeah. I think he's very consistent. I think you know, Doma got voted is it the player's player and the fans voted Chester. So I think those two are, are more than worthy winners, I think. I think if I, I mean, Dome had a, a pretty good season, he's, he's sort of faded a little bit since. Yeah, he's gone ten. I think it's the last ten games he hasn't scored. And he's, hasn't he been subbed in pretty much all of them as well? I think with his head hung, yeah. <laughs> hung low or whatever it is. But uh, I think yeah, if he if he'd, I mean, we're talking about a left winger who scored uh, fifteen goals. Well, not a left winger; he's playing left wing. If he had scored a few more. In the last ten games, he might have. Uh, I think he'd have challenged Graben and was it Vidra? I think Vidra got the top score yeah. in the end. But he would have maybe have got the. Uh, yeah, I think so. The award. I think so. Because he's probably you know he's a big part of why we're in the playoffs. His goals are anyway. Since no other strikers really well, Graben's turned up because obviously he's only he's only played X amount of games. This is just a. Uh, a casual lying on the grass look at the end of season but more with a focus on the playoffs I mean there'll be more of a structured show with the usual uh, this is nonsense, literally the calm it? before the storm yeah first of all last day of the season it was swinging both ways during yeah, uh, it went down to the wire didn't it especially at the bottom during the games where uh, now I'm talking about Villa's uh, playoff opponent did Borough they equalised in stoppage time if I'm correct yeah. I think Bamford to, to yeah. get back into fifth so obviously started off in uh, fifth place, which is obviously... Yeah, and then Derby ran riot against Barnsley, didn't they? Derby took it, then uh, Middlesbrough equalised against Ipswich, won all. And then you're thinking, oh, that's going to be it, because what are Ipswich playing for? And then Ipswich, I think it was seven minutes to go or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they scored a penalty, didn't they? Yeah, went 2-1 up, and you thought, oh, OK, Derby, no no uh, long bloody trip. Uh, although it's, luckily it's not that bad because it's on a Saturday. So that was one of the benefits of finishing in the fourth stroke, fifth yeah. spots was I think it's having a Saturday game and then Tuesday, I think it's better than a Friday and a Monday. I think they just get that extra day's rest, don't they, after this weekend yeah. as well, and the extra day's prep, you know, with, I think with everything going on with Bruce. But I'm not talking about the players, fuck the players. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the fans, like travelling on a away game on a Saturday is easier than, uh, you know, Friday night. And it's a much better piss-up. And you've got, uh, I think Tuesday's a bit more traditional than a Monday night, but, you know, whatever. Anyways, and then, obviously, Middlesbrough sealed the deal. Uh, yeah, it was the sixth, sixth minute of injury time. Bonkers like that, yeah. So do you prefer Middlesbrough to Derby, or would you have preferred to have played Derby? I think just to avoid Fulham is the, the main one. I wouldn't, oh, you're I wouldn't, scared I of Fulham, are you? Yeah, the two oh. legs, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I think most fans would, have, would be confident against anybody at home. 
but they're probably less confident of Villa going away to you know Derby, Fulham, or Borough and getting the result they need. Um, you know, we tend to raise our our game in at home. I think um, we we're the, the the only two teams better than us in the Championship at home this season are the two teams that got promoted automatically. Yeah. Away, we're I think we're probably like further the down sixth thought, or yeah. seventh. Best. Let's stick to the question. Derby or Middlesbrough were obviously the two options. I don't mind Middlesbrough. I think Derby, go, going forward, I think Derby would probably cause us more problems. I think what Borough have is probably that ability to just grind it out you know, the yeah. traditional Pulis way. I think if it's a war of attrition, Middlesbrough will probably be a much tighter. I mean, I think for the neutral, it'll be a first leg, especially. I think it won't be a great game. Yeah, I was going to say, as a neutral, if I was looking at the four playoff teams yeah. I would look at Middlesbrough as the dark horse a, yeah, I, think, I think so A they were the favourites for the title when the season kicked off and then B they've kind of come into some form towards the end uh, yeah, of the season and all and they, their um, player, key players you know, like Ayala at the backs playing well Randolph in goals playing well uh, I think Bamford's just started scoring goals for the first time in a while and obviously they've got Traore's doing Traore right. who sort of seems to have turned the corner somewhat and in those in those final games they um they essentially not. They played playoff potential rivals. Yeah, well, they, went, yeah, they went to Derby and won, didn't they? They beat Middle, uh, Millwall. Millwall. Well, they knocked Millwall essentially out of the playoffs, and they yeah. also beat Bristol City uh, a few weeks back, which uh, curtailed their attempts as well. So they found form, and they've beaten teams who are, let's say, upper level in the uh, yeah. in the playoff. Sorry, in they'll the, be they'll be confident, I'm sure. But I think Villa will be. I think all four teams this year, you know, they're strong sides. They'll all expect to. To, would have expected to be there or thereabouts at the beginning of the season. They're there now. I, I don't think there's a, a team having an adventure this year like someone yeah. like Huddersfield or Reading last year who would have, you know, if they didn't go up, it wouldn't be a travesty. Probably for the toughest playoffs, uh, or let's say the yeah. most solid four teams in the playoffs for a while. Yeah. Looking at Middlesbrough, you talked about them uh, being grinders, obviously, because of the Pulis, but. I mean, we played uh, Middlesbrough. We haven't played them recently, uh, last few months. But the the last time we played them was Pulis's first game. Yeah, over Christmas, wasn't it? The Christmas when week. we uh, got the one 0 which was an important result, as it turned out in, uh, in Bruce, the season. Yeah, Bruce's situation. But in three games, we've only scored one goal against them. Which I think that Dar- if we played Derby, it'd have been a lot more open. This, I think, Bruce was going to go to Rivers- the Riverside and potentially. Uh, Look for that draw and hopefully set it up, set Villa Park up as the game that decides what's going to happen. Yeah. Most people would, they know the first 11 that Bruce would play normally. Yes. I mean, his back four takes care of itself. Graban up front, Grealish, and then you're talking about the midfield, which would be Adomar, Snodgrass, Hurahan, and then. Yeah, it's the the defensive role that's the one that sort of grabs, isn't it? I think it depends on who you're playing. Yedinak. Whelan interestingly played Yedinak obviously to rest uh, Terry Terry yeah, does that mean he's going to play Whelan but there's another thing if he's going to Middlesbrough and he wants to close Middlesbrough down and he wants to he let's, play let's both say at worst case scenario get a draw then I think he might he might drop Porahan and go for a double uh, possibly if he want I think double know, DM um, there's, there's, there's probably an argument for going with the experience Especially away from home. I mean, I, I potentially, I would play, I would play, let's say you play Yedinak, I would play Bjarnason instead of Hurahan. I think he gives you and more Bjarnason, option, doesn't he? Let me finish, I'm trying to talk. <laughs> I would have Bjarnason keeping an eye on Truri right. when he's doing his, because uh, I, th- 
Bjarnesson's the fastest. I mean, none of those DMs have got any legs on them. No. And just to have him, it's, it's, it's like the uh, where you, like the infamous Graham Fenton yeah. decision where he came out of nowhere, where you play a player for a specific, for a specific role, yeah. reason. And I don't know how much Toure is a threat. He's definitely a wild card. He's got the potential to be, hasn't he? That's the, that's the thing that with most of it are fans, they just don't know. Yeah. You know, on his day, I think um, you'd have thought Hutton would play left-back now, because I think a lot of people would look at Neil Taylor and think that's going to be a long evening yeah. for him against Traore. Especially when you've got Terry's ageing legs yeah. on the left side of that defence as well. Yeah, I think unfortunately for him, I think his, his first sort of 20 minutes against Derby probably played himself out of the team. Injury aside, yeah, I think that just confirmed that he probably won't feature. He played himself out the squad for next season, I think. Quite possibly, <laughs> it wasn't it? Wasn't clever, was it? For was it 20, 25 minutes yeah. he lasted, and he was well, he all was over the place. He got ran ragged, didn't he, by Vyman and gave, uh, gave away the goal as well. Cameron yeah. Jerome ran him all over the place, which sort of speaks for itself. But uh, yeah, apart from uh, that midfield quandary, because obviously there's two games in three days. So you could you, you can easily play Yedinak in one, Whelan in the other. Yeah, we've more than got the squad to rotate, haven't yeah. we? We've got we've got more than enough options, especially midfield and so I don't think, forward. And it's, it, there's a lot of like for like there. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to. I think you, you let Grealish play both games. That's not yeah. a problem. Hurahan, if you go for that more defensive setup in the away leg, you can play Hurahan in the home leg, and he'll be fresh and hopefully won't go in invis- turn invisible during the game. So I think squad wise. We're pretty cool going yeah. into that game. And it's, it looks like everyone's fit. Everybody's fit. Yarlison will be back yeah. by next week. I think Taylor may or may not feature. I don't know if he'd even make the bench on merit, though, really. Yeah. If, if everyone's fit now. Actually, we got our iced coffees from where Bjarnason was, according to his Instagram, uh, three hours ago, at 200 degrees. I, I would give them a real plug if they actually gave our coffees for free, but I'm not going to tell you the address, you're going to have to Google it. Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Are you confident going into the yeah, I mean, semi-finals and then p- the potential of as we've discussed, I mean, as we discussed here, previous podcasts, uh, earlier on in the day while we were watching England versus Italy, it's up to Villa. Villa are their own worst enemy at times. Yeah, I think if, so. If uh, Villa turn up and... Yeah, I don't, I don't think Villa would fear anyone when they're playing well. When you look at their best performances, uh, definitely Blues, Wolves, for me, Bristol anyway. City. I think Bristol they played City, well, didn't they, for about an hour. Bristol City, I mean, their manager kind of gave us... The, the latter of that yeah, game, he completely played just into our by hands, didn't he? playing a centre forward, sorry, a centre back up front. To even though when they were two 0 down, he was still trying to win yeah. that game, which I thought was you know fair enough, brave of him. Blues, I thought that in terms of intensity and controlling a game, I thought that was like spot on. Yeah. Could have scored a lot more than than the two we got. And then Wolves, you know, after like a nervy opening twenty minutes, then we kind of took over. And these are games. And Derby, second half against Derby as well, full house. These are all three games where there was a full house. Yeah, crowd, crowd and even the Cardiff threat. game, really, where they had to battle, but they, they tried to take the game to Cardiff. And so these are, we are basically replicating the, uh, the circumstances that will be at Villa Park yeah. when Middlesbrough visit, unless Middlesbrough won the home leg 4 or 5 nil, which I, I don't really see that happening. Uh, famous last words, touch wood. Give, 
Can you pass me that tree over there? <laughs> yeah, we've just got a twig. That was a touch touch of that wood. Villa have turned up when the when it's a full house and the crowd's fired it up. And so that leaves me to believe that we can do it against yeah. Middlesbrough. As long as we don't play silly buggers in the in the first leg. Final, I think Derby crowd-wise would be a bit more of a level playing field. Yeah, I think someone like Fulham. Villa, Villa's fans, Villa, Villa fans will just take over against Fulham. Derby, they'll rise because obviously they need to get back in the Premier League because they've been in the doldrums yeah. for too long. I think both games would be pretty open. I think you fancy yourself against Derby more. F Fulham, just what they did to us down the flanks in the last two games we've played at Craven Cottage. Yeah. But we have beaten them at Villa Park. Uh, I mean, I think you, you look at how Blues yeah. played against them on Sunday and you think, have they got it mentally necessarily? I think we've said it all season with, with pretty much every team in the division, if you're positive and you get at them, these teams are in this division for a reason. Yeah. You know, I think that you look at all the teams and who've Fulham, done damage you know, against Villa, it's because they've attacked Villa. Fulham have bottled it before. If we're in the playoffs, and we're going in against Manchester United, Chelsea, and Manchester City. And you think, yeah, well, I, you know, as a fan of your team, a supporter of your team, you think, yeah, we can do it, but it's going to be fucking tough. But we're in a ballpark now where it's Middlesbrough, Derby, Fulham. And if you don't fancy Villa above those three teams, then... You Shouldn't know, be there. What are we doing here? Gr agreed. As I said, I, I don't think the. I think Bruce will be confident. I think the fans should be confident. I think, you know, over the, after the last few years, it's kind of in our nature to not be. Yeah. It's almost like we have to wipe the slate clean now and just treat this... It's three individual three games, games, isn't it, really? And judge whatever happens as it takes place yeah, in front of our eyes. Um, especially now, it's, you know, during the league season, you talk about performances and was it, we're getting to this point now where it's simply get the job done and it yeah. doesn't matter how you do it. It's by any means necessary. Yeah, and to be fair to Bruce, one thing he's, he's, he actually has had for him since his since he came to Villa was he's, the, the side have actually played pretty average football at times and got results yeah. I look at both games uh, well I think um, last season against Fulham at home we obviously nicked the win this season against Fulham at home we won as well now, there's, there's, there's plenty to say we can get results against these teams yeah I mean I saw Pulis's comments uh, after their draw against Ipswich where you know he was trying his best to make out that they were the underdogs. Yeah, and the pressure's on us. Villa are the biggest team in the universe and we've got the greatest squad ever known to man. Uh, let's not forget that they only left the Premier League last season while we've been fannying around for two seasons. And they've, they have an impressive squad. And as I said uh, earlier on, they were the bookies' favourites for, uh, for the title, never mind yeah. uh, getting in the playoffs. And now they're you know they obviously got rid of their manager but they're getting into the well, they're the getting some momentum the, yeah, they're now. the team of the four with momentum aren't they really we had that momentum because we were winning seven games and then against the blues after we beat the blues because we had that big occasion we seemed to take the foot off a gas and then yeah we had the, was it the midweek it was Preston was it Preston and Fulham we had yeah we got beat by Fulham which was which Preston. was kind of fair enough because we were missing Grealish and Domar who at that, that stage were the, the kind of spots but then you know, the wobble after the Wolves Win then, where everyone then, thought we'd push on. Yeah, then just... you think, after that Wolves game, you think, right, it's, it's still looking good and we can really push on there. And we've really, you know, we've statement yeah. of intent, we've laid we've laid down uh, our calling card, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, a calling card to see, I mean, we were talking uh, about how will Wolves react uh, after getting beaten that badly. 
because they might have had a wobble. It's probably the best thing that could have happened to them. And we, yeah, we were still on potentially. If they started to wobble, we could have gone, you know, we could have still been in for the title, never mind automatics. But we saw what happened after that Blues game, and it happened exactly the same after the Wolves game. We lost that. And didn't Wolves win four, five bouts after the Wolves? That was the kick up the arse they kind of needed just to seal the deal, really. And we really didn't. We just assumed that we could get beat by Fulham anyway, yeah. and that Preston game was a bit. Well, they're yeah. one of the best away teams, so there yeah. was already excuses for not winning both of those games. Yeah, frustratingly, you know, we we we, we talked about it a lot earlier. I think it was after the Blues. We talked about that double header with Cardiff and Leeds, and probably the Derby game being much bigger. And yeah. in the end, all three of those games that should have been huge matches actually became sort of. After the Lord Mayor show somewhat, yeah. it was a big win against Cardiff. Should have been probably the biggest result of the season. So it kind of didn't. Yeah, didn't count go, for going back, yet. hopefully uh, the full houses uh, at Villa Park will uh, drive us over the line. Bruce can play his squad against Middlesbrough over two games over three days, and then at Wembley you play your best team. Yeah, and well, you you can play dare I say play the occasion a bit more in a final. You can just play what's put against you. I think over two legs you have to think about. Yeah, you got to do a job. Well, it's, yeah, so. you've got other things coming. Yeah. So you've got to think, make sure you prep for the second yeah, leg, and, and, and also going into the, these games, especially Touchwood a final. I think that you look down the squad list of you know, the number of guys who've been in that position before. I don't, I'd only realised recently that Graben played for Reading last year in yeah. the final. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think Chester might have played in one with Hull. Yeah. Snodgrass, uh, Al Mohammadi's played in yeah. a playoff game. I think Adoma may have done. Borough a few years yeah. ago, I think. So there's plenty of guys who've been there before. You know, Grealish obviously has happy memories of the Liverpool semi. Obviously, the cup final didn't go to plan. I think Hutton would have featured in that as well. So there's there's a fair few players in our in our team and our squad um, who've played either at Wembley before or in big games or you know like the likes of Terry, Yedinak, Chester, all but played in big tournaments. You know the rules, one game at a time. Indeed. And so we can't talk about Wembley just yet. Would you be going there? For a draw, or do you think, as always with Villa, the best form of defence is go and attack? <laughs> I think. Will, I mean, he, will he be positive? Will he put them on the front foot and give them license to try and win that game? There's, there is a temptation to call the bluff and talk about in the build-up in that game. Every interview talk about, oh, you know, it's going to be tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's going to be like a war of attrition. If we can get a draw there, and that would be turn great. Up and, football. and then actually turn up in the first 20 minutes, absolutely go for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get if you get scored early goal, two early goals, you could finish the tie there and then. Yeah. I mean, so there's a temptation to the, do that. Stat, is it still that Villa haven't lost when they've taken the lead this year? I think that still stands. Yeah. I think when we score first, we haven't lost. Again. But it kind of means nothing really because there's two legs. Yeah. So. Especially when there's no, you know, the away goals thing doesn't count for anything which could have made things interesting. I think because you would have thought maybe Bruce would part of us try and nick it away goal and take it back to Villa Park. You can't do that. I think as long as they're back at Villa Park within touching distance, they'll still be confident. Yeah. But there is a temptation to... I mean, I'm getting a bit balls out, grandiesque here, but to go and finish it up there. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at and then rest the team for Wembley, because you, yeah. you're 4-0 up and from there. Yeah, and because you can make changes now with the rules. Yeah, 4-0 up from the away leg. Let's rest a few players for Wembley. We're just trying now, at the end of this podcast, to 
provide a few sound bites for Middlesbrough podcasts to to use. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> so for when they uh, just in case they batter us and then they can take the piss out of us. I don't know. I, I can't see Bruce's mentality doing anything I've just said in the last five minutes. I think he will uh, grind it out because that's what he knows. Because that's how Villa have played yeah. most of the time. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't see why they would start. We'll all be of kidding a ourselves. Uh, I think we're getting better as a team. You, you see, I think that goal against Derby, uh, where you saw Hudson pressuring inside the 18-yard box. The ball came to Terry, and instead of just lash, I mean, maybe it's Terry's experience, but Terry, rather than taking the shot, which laid it off most to, um, players would have done in that situation, being literally in the six-yard box, laid it off to yeah. Graban. And I thought, well, as there's a bit more of a demonstration of a, of a team together there, of a uh, kind of a team ethic and an understanding. So uh, they've certainly got, they've obviously he's got his formation sorted, and I think he he kind of knows how he wants to set them up. But at, I mean, you, you say that, but have, for example, uh, Albert Adomar's big trick was drifting in off the left. Yeah. To, essentially be a second centre forward when the ball was on the right hand side mm -hmm. but the fact that he hasn't scored in the last 10 games and there's been anonymous most of those games have teams started to kind of work him out possibly I mean the last few the last few home games especially uh, certainly the guys who sit around me have, have commented our, our play in the final third is not anywhere near as clinical as it was yeah. I think uh, the, the deliveries of sort of Snodgrass to a certain extent Adoma definitely and certainly um, Al Mohamedy when he's ventured forward the final ball on so many occasions has been poor yeah. of course cutting in from either side it's always going to be kind of a floated ball swinging in whereas actually Adoma is pretty good you know, I think, I think of the, the Graben goal against Wolves is a great example and he's actually just gone down the line and yeah. whipped it in um, it's caused them problems yeah, I've noticed uh, our full-backs haven't really been delivering. Uh, I mean, well, no, I mean, that's not Taylor's game, isn't it? I think he kind of gets to the gets to the halfway line and stops. No, it's like Elmo as well. Uh, his delivery, he never takes on that last man. It and he's always, quick, isn't he? He's got yeah, it in him. And he did it in like the friendly against Watford. He was so direct, taking on the last man, playing as if he had like yeah. a winger's mentality. And he's had, he's had a few really good assists this year. And you thought, hang on, that's, that's why Bruce bored him. But he's so conservative now. I don't know if, he's, if Bruce has played it out of him or if it's just a bit of confidence or what, because he's actually had a... Most of the season, he's had a good partnership with Snodgrass. Because Bree... Uh, I was looking forward to seeing Bree against Millwall, and he's... He, he wondering, like, Bree broke into the Barnsley team played I think it was around 20 games yeah. in the in the in the season before he came to us and uh, you thought well he's his thing is going to be he's going to be good attacking and there was this moment where ball was out on the right he played the ball into Snodgrass Snodgrass uh, was kind of starting to cut in but there was about three players around him and the wing was completely open and Bree cut inside and you're thinking yeah and Snodgrass pointed to the wing yeah. <laughs> and Bree turned you know, saw I wonder him. if that's a bit of confidence I thought, he hasn't had the games has he that was like he was being directed by Snodgrass and he thought well, it's so obvious why why isn't he you know overlapping Snodgrass was drawing the players in and it opened up the overlap and Bree yeah. didn't and so you thought unfortunately ah. for Bree I mean I've seen him probably two or three times this year at least in the under 23s and He's not one of those guys at that level who stands out as being no, head no. and shoulder. You, know, you, you wouldn't look at him and think, oh, he's obviously a first-team player. Which, uh, I mean, we've discussed this on the podcast, I think it was the last show, where I said, you know, they made a big point of uh, 
Bruce had gone to actually seen him play three times before they signed him. So he was like a big Bruce boy. And, and you thought, well, Barnsley rated him highly as well, that he would be uh, somebody we could actually look forward to. Uh, yeah, like I don't know with him if it was a thing of, you know, he stood out in a, in a pretty average side or whether it was, you know, he, he was genuinely brought in to do a job straight away. I, I have a feeling he probably was, but yeah. maybe But just, anyway, we are, we are digressing on Mr. Bree because I don't think, just let this motorbike go past, uh, I don't think he'll be featuring in the, uh, no. the playoffs anyway. But uh, we'll, we'll do another show before the, uh, the playoffs kick off for real. Uh, so, on this rare summer evening in Birmingham, it's about the third day of sunshine this year, I think. Probably the last, I think it's raining the next three days. Oh, anyway, anyway I digress. Sure. Until uh, it'll be raining in the riverside. Uh, hopefully, north, north, hopefully be raining down on, uh, who, who have they got in goal nowadays? Mark Crosley? Darren Randolph, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Crosley I legend. I was joking about Crosley. And anyway, until uh, until the playoffs, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Ta-da. My old man said. Just before we finish as well, it's this is a last chance for the supporters to say goodbye to Gabby, who's been a great servant of the club. So, Gabs. Sorry, mate. Just want to say thank you to all the support and keep supporting the team well like we've been doing all season and I think we've got a great bunch of lads here and hopefully they can achieve their goal. Thank you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.